0: Welcome into the Modena cast. I'm Earl Felsberg. That's right, you know it. It is me. Just got back from the National in Amarillo, Texas, and that's what this episode's about. In fact, the next two episodes are based solely on the uh, Amarillo National, uh, the National Pigeon Association, and the National Modena Clubs. Uh, annual show there and meeting. We had a great time in Amarillo, Texas, which happens to be a place that I live in for 17 years. So it's old uh, stomping grounds for me. We had a, a, a terrific time. A lot of uh, great fanciers here, Modena guys. It was great to see other people too from uh, other pigeon breeds from all over the country and say hello to everybody and just a terrific time. And uh, want to share some things that uh, if you were there, uh, you probably enjoy the national meeting and the discussion over the uh, the uh, different proposals for, uh, or mentions anyway, to, um, at the annual meeting. And then, of course, uh, Max Josie took Best Modena with, uh, Willie Riker coming in, uh, with the, uh, Best shetty It was a, uh, great time. And, uh, then the fanciers, uh, the Modena people got together. I guess it was the second night because I was there, I got there Friday. So Friday night, uh, the kids, they, I say kids, the fanciers, they want to go eat somewhere. And, uh, we went to, uh, the big Texan. And when I lived there, the big Texan was kind of a novelty. It's where you did bring people from out of town because it's a roadside attraction and, uh, had a delicious steak and, uh, met some great guys, uh, from, uh, uh, Arizona who, uh, were in and, uh, had a terrific time talking to them—a father-son team—and another gentleman who uh, was from Iowa. Uh, they said, "Actually, during dinner, we just had a great time there in uh, in Amarillo, and uh, the birds were great, and the people were great, and we learned a lot." Uh, we sat down with a couple fanciers, and we'll get to them here in a few minutes. Uh, we're, in fact, we're going to try to cram all three of them onto this episode. But uh, something came to mind, and and as some of you know, I am the Western Vice President of the National Modena Club, and I'm going to put this in my report. But Rick Peterson and I were having a neat discussion, and he said that if he took off his show coat, which clearly has his name on it and a Modena and uh, his accolades, and of course, patches from various clubs, that if he went to another area where they had birds, let's say, for example, I'm just, I'm not even going to use another breed because I don't want anybody to misinterpret that that's what we're talking about. But if if he went and visited another breed section, that nobody would take the time to, you know, greet him or say hello, uh, or, or, you know, can I help you with anything? you have any questions or can I, let me show you something. None of that. He even kind of pro, you know, probed and poked at birds and, and, uh, nothing. And in this day and age, and I know every episode, it seems like we talk about recruiting and what's happening to the hobby and where everybody is going. And I know we keep bringing it up and it might even sound like we're beating a dead horse, but I think we have an answer. We've said before a number of times that fanciers come from two places. Either they're, they're typically brand new in animal husbandry somewhere else. Maybe they raise sheep and 4-H or goats or whatever, and pigeons are something that most of them, most of them can take into a backyard environment and raise and, and, and show and enjoy the hobby most. Some people have issues with ordinances. I get that. Some people live in uh, gated communities whatever and they have to fight uh all that that stuff and and that's that's fine i'm not talking about that i'm talking about where these people necessarily come from so it's something that they can do maybe they couldn't have goats in their backyard but a couple chickens and a pigeon loft uh, seem to fit in that's what i do i live in a neighborhood i live in a cul-de-sac uh all, all our, our our uh our decent uh neighborhood are all around me and uh we've got a nice loft in the backyard and a little. Uh, a little place for a couple chickens, and they they of course they work up under the loft, they clean it up. So that's something that that, that that group can do. The second group that we might be recruiting fanciers from are from other breeds. These are people that are that have accepted the challenge of breeding perhaps American fantails or Indian fantails or nuns or kimono tumblers or whatever the breed might be. A powder breed. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's irrelevant. Um, and they're looking for something else to add to the loft. And the Modena has the largest color variety of any pigeon in the pigeon world, for one. Two, you can't resist just looking at the demeanor and the size. And I know they say that about every bird. Every every fancier, every breed feels that way. We seem to, uh, to feel that more about Modena. So we find these people come walking through our section, and I get it. We're busy, especially if you're showing birds. If you're showing birds you're shagging your color back and forth or, or <laughs> we had this discussion before the Australians when they were in uh, Texas two years ago and we said we were going to shag birds. They all, they, they didn't understand what we were talking about and some of them were, were terribly confused. Uh, but you know what I mean? We're, we're taking birds from show pin to uh, holding pin in the meantime, up to a judging area, and vice versa, and back and forth. So, anyway, with all that being said, we're busy, we're busy looking at that, or we're, we're you know, half the time you walk down the aisles and uh there's business going on, people are conducting deals, they're swapping birds, they're buying, selling, whatever, or you're intently watching the judging, you're watching the birds, and uh you don't you don't make the time to talk to somebody who is not a Modena breeder, who's not a Modena fancier who's walking through those aisles, and they have questions. But they're intimidated. They're afraid to ask. So a solution to this, I think, would be to be able to create a Modena ambassador, a show section ambassador. This is a man or a woman who is part of the club, who maybe not be showing that day, or maybe have just a few birds to show, that could wear a shirt or a coat or even a smock or an apron that says, Ask me about the Modenas. That's it. That's all they do. They walk around. They see people looking, and they say, "Hi. Do you have any questions? Uh, you want to know anything about the Modena?" What a great way to do that! And then, well, here's here's a prime example. We saw this happen a number of times. Somebody come over and say, "Hey, do you know who so and so is?" Because so and so has a bird for sale, or whatever. It would be terrific if that show section ambassador that. That Modena, if, it, if it's a if it's a wife of a, a fancier, that Modina mama, or if it's a uh, maybe a woman who's a fancier, maybe her husband could be the Modina man, whatever. But would they be a terrific conduit between the new person and the fancier breeder that's in the middle of judging, in the middle of watching their birds being judged, or maybe they're they're doing whatever? That that person could be a a terrific go-between. So let's say that a couple are looking at, Bodinas or walking down, they've got questions, they don't understand what an argent is, they don't understand what a mag is, why do we call it a mag and not an almond, whatever. This is where the section ambassador could just briefly say, uh, you know, welcome, this is uh, uh, this is an argent, it's got a toy stencil factor, here's how it works. And they might even say, well, could we, do you know any of these for sale? Well, this one has to be for sale. Well, who is this person? Well, let me find them for you. So then when that Modena ambassador, that that section ambassador, walks over and says, hey, Tim, real quick, this couple over here is interested in your art," That makes it a lot easier on everybody. It's just an idea. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything formal or official. You just assign somebody uh, or see if somebody's willing to do it. Carol Berger would be a terrific person for that job. She's the first one I pointed to. I was sitting, I was sitting at the table at the meeting, and I was talking to Shane Plummer about the idea. And I said, this is something I need to do because you need to put that in your in your vice president report and let's come up with the program. And I said, you know, somebody like Carol Berger would be terrific. She loves talking to people about Modena's. She loves talking. She loves the birds. She loves the people that have birds. And she loves people that are going to have birds. She would be the one. She would be, she would be the first one I would say, hey, can you do this for us at the National? We probably need two. Probably need two. You have 400, 500 birds. We could use two people. Let them work in shifts, whatever. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what maybe we take a couple fanciers, put the special smock on, say, hey, you're the section uh, ambassador. And when your birds come up to show, we'll switch off. Whatever. Figure something out. Create that connection. Create that bridge between the fancier and the would be fancier. Can we call them that? Maybe the uh possible fancier. I don't care. Whatever you want to call it, that's it. But listen. Hats off to uh, Charles Hanna and uh, everybody in the National Pigeon Association who put that national on. It was a heck of a time. I loved it. I know the uh, other fanciers loved it. Listen, this episode might be a little chopped up because we did several interviews uh, throughout the day. They might have different uh, uh, lead-ins or lead-outs, uh, whatever. So just bear with us. A uh, lot of great material, a lot of great stuff are on this episode. So uh, we're going to try to keep this one just to 30 minutes. And uh, that means we may have to have a part two uh, just to make it easier on the ears. Most of you have a commute that's 30 to 45 minutes. And if you're listening to Modena Cash, you don't anything longer than that. And uh, it's too much. You can catch it on the way back in. So let's go ahead. And uh, we are going to start off with our first interview. I honestly think uh, the first person to sit down with me at the National uh, was uh, Eric Bouquet from uh, southern Louisiana. You know, they talk down there. Enjoy that accent, people. Here he comes, Eric Bouquet at the National, in Amarillo, Texas. All right, we're back. We're at the National in Amarillo, Texas, and sitting with me is Eric Bouquet. Am I saying that right? It's
1: Bouquet, but that bouquet. bouquet.
0: How do you spell Bouquet?
1: Spell Bouquet. B-U-Q-U-E-T.
0: B-U-Q-U-E-T. And what uh, what part of the country is that from?
1: Well, it's Parisian French, but. Uh... And, and, and I'll I, say it's Lorraine. From, from Louisiana. And I live in Louisiana.
0: What, what part of Louisiana are you
1: in? I live in southwest Louisiana. Southwest Louisiana. How yeah. long have
0: you been in Modena's?
1: Longer than I'd like to I know. Uh, 20, 20 years, probably. 20-something years?
0: Yeah. Okay. And you traveled all the way from Louisiana to here. Oh, definitely. To the Amarillo. For the, and and uh, if I remember right, are, are you fifth, fifth district director? Yes, I am. Okay, the National Modena Club. All right. Twenty years,
1: and and what colors are you breeding from right now? Uh, mostly pattern birds, mealy's and red checks mostly. Mealy's a few and red blacks, checks. Blacks and uh, blues. Okay, it's and about my basic colors.
0: How many birds do you figure you have in loft right now?
1: Oh, probably around a hundred.
0: About hundred. How many breed? How many pairs do you breed from?
1: I usually breed from about forty pair.
0: About forty pairs. Now, be honest. Have you ever listened to this podcast before? No, I haven't. Okay, then you're all right. At least you're honest. I'm new. I'm new to this. You're new to this. Do you, yeah. do you know where to go? No. Okay. All right. Well, you. You. Uh, first of all, you've got uh, one of your headphones is on outside, inside out.
1: Oh well, no wonder I couldn't hear. Anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, uh, the left one. There you go. Now that's is that better? That's much better. You know, I've, I think I'm going to worry about you trying to find it on the internet uh, since you can't get headphones on. But <laughs> Darrell, I'm
1: not, I'm not electronically blind.
0: <laughs> you or your ears? You don't know how ears work either. Or that either? No, I'm kidding with you. All right, so you you go, you can, uh, uh, you know, I'll send you a link and you can go okay. and listen to them. There's other episodes. You know, there's uh you know, we do this remotely, and so people call in. Yeah. And you were on the list, but we figured since we are going to be at the National, we're just kind of running through uh, and grabbing people and sitting down and talking yeah, to them cool. and, yeah, and talking about idea. the hobby, you know. And you're fifth district director, <clears> so uh, talk about what's going on. Is there anything going on in the district, or what, ha- well, what has
1: I, gone on? As a matter of fact, the Louisiana Club is kicking off again pretty good. The uh, Louisiana
0: Modena Club. The
1: Louisiana Modena Club has, okay. has new, uh, new elected officers, new president, new secretary, Little new, oh. And some new blood. And some new blood, yeah. Man. That's really good, too, because, and then we're trying to work with a uh, an all-breed club in Alexandria. What, is, what's
0: the name of that club? Do you remember?
1: I think it's the Louisiana Pigeon Club. Okay,
0: Louisiana Pigeon Club. Yeah.
1: And uh, Brad Stuckey, he's kind yeah. of big, head, big into it and heading it up, and and it's looking at looking pretty good look like some good things in the future that's
0: that's half the problem we talk about it probably every episode is the fact that the modena well the pigeon hobby in general shrinks we know that mm-hmm. but to see a club start up especially a specialty club especially variety all variety and, club, and yes. an all breed club yeah yes. but to think that the modena club in in louisiana the lmc that was once there Gone defunct, how long do you think it'd been out of uh, uh, commission? The
1: Louisiana club has been on a, a very big low for at least six years, five to six years. Long time. Yeah, a good while. Used to be one of the largest clubs around in Moldinas. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, that, you know what that and the Texas, Club. the
0: Texas Club. I remember that you were talking twenty years uh, ago. Yeah, that's
1: right. Texas Club was huge, man,
0: and and they were and they were the epicenter mm-hmm. of uh, you know good many good things. Yeah. yeah, they even
1: had the national in Houston a couple of times. Good a time, time ago, ago. But, I remember you know, that. It's it's faded. Yeah. Well, that's time. You know, it's I mean, time. it's 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 it's, but the,
0: it's it's a matter of trying to get the young people involved. And are you guys seeing that in the Louisiana Club? Uh,
1: some, not, a, not at a big, big uh, pace, but some. Okay. You know, nowadays. You know, kids, sure. kids nowadays, all they know how to do is, is play them games. And, and, and listen to podcast yeah. about Modena. And listen to podcasts about right. Modena. But Modena, what's that? What's that?
0: Yeah. They, they think it's French. It's Italian. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, if I wanted to become a member, I mean, because do you have to be in Louisiana to be a member?
1: No, certainly not. No, you
0: want to support the club? You live you in can uh, live anywhere? Idaho. If
1: you want to support Louisiana Motor Club, we are welcome to have you. Okay, we'll glad to have you.
0: How do they get hold of somebody regarding Louisiana Motor Get a hold
1: the to the president is Jeff Quibodo. Get a hold of Jeff Quibodo hmm. or the secretary Dan Tucker. Let's, okay, Dan
0: Tucker is oh, an easier man. name to, to, to sing. Yeah. Go back to the Quivido. The Am I saying that right? Quivido? Quivido. All yeah. right, and, and spell that. Can you spell and, that?
1: It's, uh, I think it's oh, you, I think you, you know, got I it right. Mean, and you're in Louisiana. D-E-A-U-X is natural. It's Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's part of the – it's just dope. That's and, part of the culture. And Dex, as we shorten it up to D-O. That's right. Makes it a lot D-O easier. good. So – Okay, and so I'm the vice president. You're the, the vice club, president, yeah. so they can get hold of you. Eric. Okay, they can get hold of me. Sure. Is there? A, do you mind sharing like an email address or something they can no, write you? My
1: email is Eric lowercase Eric okay. underscore yeah. B U K okay. B U Q U E T
0: all right at Yahoo at Yahoo, Yahoo. Yeah. and that's where they can get hold of a Louisiana Modena Club. You can find out what's R, happening. Or in
1: the, the fifth district director, and I can you know I can tell you a few things about the Texas Club. Yeah, sure. No, uh, uh, for sure, Devin has got a brand new loft. that's beautiful. Oh, does he? Okay. Well, yeah. It's All gorgeous. right. Gorgeous. Yeah, I was... haven't seen it yet. I need to get.
0: He. I need to get him to sit down, uh, and talk to me about that and show oh, yeah. me pictures. Oh yeah, man,
1: he, it's gorgeous.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I,
1: Jeff Webber also been on a nice loft. Oh,
0: you know what? Okay, yeah. I've been did watching you see, that. Did you that see
1: some of those. Let's talk about that for a yeah, minute. Very nice.
0: Because now you just put two and two together. I saw the videos. His son apparently is a welder.
1: Right. Right, and then so they do a little welding, and it's all it's all the uh, the um, horse panels, uh huh, like yep. which gives you a lot of open air, sure, into that building. He's got a big building, he's building and kind of fencing it off and right. sectioning it off, building nest boxes and and nest compartments, and uh, it's gorgeous. And you know the birds seem to be really really liking it because they're working really good. They're already they're already getting at yeah. it. How many birds does he have in there? Do you know? Oh, he's got quite a few. I'm sure he's going to breed probably from fifty pair.
0: Has he been of fifty pair? Was he out of the hobby for a little bit?
1: Jeff was out of the hobby for a little while, but uh, he, he's gung ho. He's back he, in He's gone back in, ready to go. But he'd been
0: in for a long time before, right? He had right? been in
1: for quite a while. He had some really good birds way back when, and uh, had good Reds and yellows. Okay, a long time ago.
0: I remember. I remember his name. I remember seeing mm-hmm. him years and years and years yeah. ago. So he's yeah. he's back. Well, that's helpful. That's kind of a that's great. Jeff always like, loved Modinas. Well, and it's kind of it's it's kind of like having another young right. person back in. That's right. He is fired up. So. He's fired up. He's young old. Yeah, we're glad we're glad he's back and in. And we need that. We need that everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Texas club needs to do that too. Texas Modena Club used to be a
1: big club. It was
0: huge. Yeah. One of the biggest. I wonder what I mean. I guess how does something like that just just go away so quickly?
1: Well, and you know, you reach a point finally where some, and I hate to say this, but. Some of your older members die off. Sure. You just don't have the people involved with it. You know, years ago, pigeons were a, a bigger thing than what it is today. Of course. You know, I'm sure they're – but, you know, you still have some young people that kind of like that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. And that's the ones we need to find. And, and you know, what you're doing would probably help that. Anything we can do to bridge that gap, that's kind of what we're after. Yeah. If,
0: they, if somebody stumbles across this and listens to it, and if they Google search the word pigeon and loft, yeah. and even if they don't yeah. find a Modena but they find something else.
1: Or look up the National Modena Club. And, you know, we got a website. It's yeah. got great pictures and, and great information on it. Yeah, and uh, Jackie's done a
0: good job. She's really oh, yeah, updated sure. that. And, and, Certainly. Uh, Certainly. Yeah, we talked about that a, th- a couple episodes before. But that's uh, that's great. Okay, so Louisiana Modena Club reach out to you. Dan Tucker, uh, uh-huh. Jeff Kubito, uh Texas Modena Club, it, it, it's not in existence, is it?
1: Well, I think Shane kind of uh, still running a little uh, the ball with it a little bit. Uh, but okay. He, he needs some help probably in it. But here's also the – the the president of the National Medina Club too, so he's sure. got his hands full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite a bit to do.
0: Well, I think that might be something we ought to look into is getting exactly. that club together and, and help and out. You and know,
1: the Louisiana Club is willing to work with Texas Club too. Sure, I mean, we're like brothers. Yeah, you know, we always done things together and show Absolutely. together. So, so we need to support one another. I think you just eat and, things differently down there in Louisiana. I mean, well, yeah. You, you we eat sense. different things down there. Oh no, we eat just about anything. <laughs> you eat coals. <laughs> uh, you will put. We definitely. If goals. you get some white, some and, white uh, oh, flight yeah. modinas, and, they will and, ending up and, in your freezer. And don't let the alligators run across your road. We're gonna eat that sucker. You, you know, it too. You know what? You know what they say. If you got a ditch in Louisiana, you got supper.
0: Right? You got supper. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that
1: earlier. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, Eric. Thanks for being on the air with us. We appreciate it. You're I think they're calling for. Uh, it looks like. I don't know if those are mags or not. I can't see from here. Red check, sketts.
1: If it's red check, I need to go. It's yours. All right, Eric.
0: Appreciate you. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Enjoyed it. You bet. <laughs> Thanks. Bro. All
0: right, there he was. That was Eric McKay. We're gonna be back with uh, another here at the National in Amarillo, Texas. all right we're back we're at the national amarillo texas and uh we got rid of eric uh we got rid of that accent now uh, with rick peterson is that right that is correct i got it correct there all right uh and where are you from rick
2: From um, uh, twin cities minnesota
0: from twin cities minnesota yeah. you had to drive from minnesota to amarillo texas did you fly
2: I, I, I drove did you drive by yourself i drove by myself
0: that's a long haul are you
2: kidding me really you went by yourself I went by myself.
0: How long, uh, how many hours, or, or should we say
2: days? No, it was hours. How long? Uh, well, it should have only taken me 15, but it took me 18.
0: It should have only taken you 15. That's too long as it is. <laughs> Why did it take you 18? What happened?
2: The weather. weather was uh, the weather was poor. 950 miles of extremely poor weather.
0: Just uh, snow, rain? Rain,
2: snow, sleet. All of it. All of it. All of it for this show. All of it.
0: All of it. All of it, so we can pray that Max Josie doesn't. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> not fair to Max. He's a. Uh, I'd let him on if, uh, if he sat down for two minutes, but I don't think he can. Uh, that's a. That's a long drive. Uh, now, um, how long have you had Modinas?
2: Thirty years. Thirty, 30 years. Year, Thirty short years. Yeah. Thirty short years. That's a long. That's a long
0: time. And uh, what colors are you breeding from?
2: Uh, too many colors to mention. Mostly pastel. Really? Yeah.
0: How many birds do you figure you have?
2: Hmm. Oh, that's 200, always. 200,
0: 200. Modinas?
2: 200 Modinas, yeah.
0: How many do you breed from?
2: Uh, I do about 40 pairs at a time. 40 pairs? 40 pairs? All in individual cages.
0: All in individual cages? Oh, yeah. That means yeah. you're out there every day watering and feeding every single cage.
2: Every day, it takes about three hours a day. Good, good. During, during the breeding season,
0: yeah. Yeah. You, you do it in the morning, afternoon?
2: I do it in the morning. What do you?
0: Okay, so it takes you three hours in the morning. Three hours in the morning. You get up early, I guess.
2: Yeah, breeding season. I'm out there by six six a.m.
0: It's that's that's commitment. But that's why you have you know so many birds and 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 such a great show record. What uh, forty? I can't even imagine (laughs) feeding and watering forty individuals.
2: People say it's too much work, but I say I like it, so well, it's fun for me.
0: Compared to what else you could be doing, sure. Yeah. What do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking?
2: I work in a warehouse, so I do warehouse work, and I work second shift.
0: So you get so you go in and you work at the nighttime?
2: Then. Yeah, I work 2 to
0: 10. 2 to 10, all right. So you sleep at 10 o'clock, uh, you're up at 5, you feed water, you probably have to take some sort of a nap again, and then you're off and running to work?
2: Off and running to work, yeah. Golly.
0: All right, so uh, 30 years. Do you have any other breeds, or is Modena in?
2: Well, I do have racing homers, but they're feeders. They're compared. feeders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing made... else you show? Uh, no.
0: Have you ever shown anything else?
2: 20, 30 years ago, I showed uh, Komodo tumblers and Chinese owls. Okay, uh, so
0: I... you, you had you had KTs and Chinese yeah, But yeah. that was
2: 30 years ago. 30 years ago.
0: That's how committed <laughs> you are to the Modena breed.
2: I guess I can say that, yeah. You've never
0: cheated on it.
2: Well, up until today, no. I'm just. Kidding. Oh, would oh, you get today? <laughs> do you get a? Uh,
0: do you walk through the show hall? It's always tempting to look at something and go, "Ah, oh, that'd be fun."
2: Yeah, you know? exactly, uh, exactly. Especially, mm-hmm. there's yeah. A lot of the breeds I like that I'd like to add in, but. Uh, now, so. do
0: you have do you have children or grandchildren?
2: I have uh, one daughter and now one grandchild.
0: How old's the grandchild?
2: Oh, about six weeks. Oh, okay. Well, just well, recently. Just
0: brand, Well, congratulations. Yeah. Yep. Wait till they're about six, and you bring them to the show hall. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they walk up and go, "Daddy, look what somebody gave
2: me!" Uh-huh. And it's
0: an Indian fantail, uh, two of them, and they're both cockbirds, or uh, you know, two kimono tumblers that are both hens, or or whatever. Kids, that's what's great about the hobby is people want to help them, you know. But when you have kids, you're not you're not helping me at my house by giving my kid birds. I've already got birds, and uh, now I've got two Indian fantail cockbirds inside my Modena loft. You know, that's just, I I appreciate the fancier being nice, but just wait till that happens. Your granddaughter's going to bring some random powder up to you, some cropper that somebody just gave her because she was walking by.
2: It's interesting you mentioned (laughs) croppers or powders. When my daughter was about, oh, seven, eight years old, on the internet, she discovered Vorberg croppers. Okay. and. Without my my knowledge, she contacted the top Warburg breeder, uh, <laughs> Johnny Johnson. Okay. And it was asking him if she would she could get some croppers for him, and he was coming to Minnesota for a big uh, powder show and and uh, we met him down there and he pulled me aside and asked me if those were for her or for or for me and I told him I brought potatoes. Oh. I know nothing. I never even heard of Warburg croppers yeah. before. So he's. He was he, uh, gave him to her, and he was
0: pre qualifying you, making, sure, making that, sure that making sure old dad's not trying to get in on the good stuff. <laughs> exactly, and exactly. We've seen that before. I've I've had a kid, uh, hey, you know, I want a pair of Modenas and, or whatever, you know, and you want to help them out, yeah. You know? And yeah. of course, then you see them in a show two weeks later that uh, under someone else's name or whatever. You got to be cautious about that, but at the same time, you don't want to. This is what Eric and I were talking about earlier. You know, we all know our hobby shrinking all right, the way around, right. not just in the Modena world, but all the way around. So we always look for ways to help. You know, how can we get that kid to well, put a bird in their hand, let him, you know, it's better than, than drugs or whatever else, you know, they could do on the streets. But what, um, what are some things that you think that the hobby could do now in today's day and age to help it grow? What are some things that perhaps we could do?
2: Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, um, it really is. That's the, I think the main thing is uh, providing birds at a fairly reasonable price to uh, people that live in this country, and we know that's. <laughs>
0: okay. Boy, you seem to really narrow that down, Rick. I think you. I, so, in other words, uh, not going towards uh, the 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 uh, uh, the eastern part of the. Okay, I get it. Um, and 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 you're right. this this conversation happens probably every other episode. If you've listened to him, you've heard it before. What you know, there's been some folks that have come in and and raised the value. Modinos are hard to breed, and there are. But I think some of it has been inflated. You know, there's some birds out there that are not hundred dollar birds that don't need a hundred dollar bill. But you can turn around and you could part with them. You know, that and that would be better served in some cases. Correct. There's some new people walking around today that are. You know, where do we recruit from in the Modena hobby?
2: Correct. I got a a new uh, fancier uh, started this weekend. uh, Terrific. uh, Chase Austin. Oh yeah, out of uh, uh, Central Texas. I know Chase. Yeah. Correct. Correct. I, I, I. uh, let him have two pairs. Very reasonable price, and he's quite happy with
0: them. Oh, very good. Okay, and so uh, so for grand a piece. He was uh, no, kidding. <laughs> that's reasonable in the Modena world. <laughs> I think that's
2: reasonable. <laughs> uh,
0: Chase is is uh, uh, is bird insane, and uh, and and is and he's got uh, he loves just about anything that's got feathers. If I understand right, doesn't he judge? Uh, Caviar, guinea pigs, that Gu- type of thing? Guinea
2: pigs and, and rabbits, I believe. Yeah,
0: yeah. He travels like to Japan.
2: And Tha- uh, Thailand, I believe. Yeah. yeah,
0: to judge rabbits, you know, and uh, and not that there's anything wrong with that because we're, we're doing an online radio show about pigeons, so it's not anything different, but he's in it too. He's, exactly. You can feel comfortable giving him a good deal knowing that not only did you get a few birds out of your stock pen, but you've got somebody that you're going to see at a show next time around. Exactly. Yeah. So I think you're right. Maybe making them affordable. We talked about in the club coming up with programs for that. Is there something we can do? How can we get, you know, these, these people walking around? Because there's people here that are coming from other parts of the show. Right. They're, they're showing, um, I don't know, fan tales. And they've kind of, they've been through it all. They've been doing it for 20 or 30 years. Right. And maybe they're tired of it. You know, how can we get them to walk through here and yeah. enjoy it and feel welcome?
2: Right, exactly.
0: You know, and I think that's you, you, that's part of its pricing.
2: Pricing is part of it, and when you see new people, you should introduce yourself and uh, yeah. you know, uh, talk to them and ask them if they like Modena's or whatever.
0: Right, or, or show, or if they've got a question, or just say, "Here, let me show you something." Some right. of the best thing you can do is just is just reach in and let them hold a bird or ask them their opinion on something and, exactly. and let them and let them talk. They could be wrong, they it, it, but doesn't matter. It engages the conversation, and we desperately, desperately need that. I think for a long time, the Modena hobby had kind of a, uh, a reputation of not allowing
2: outsiders in, maybe. Or not being friendly to people, but in my, what I have experienced is I've taken off my show coat. I've walked through all the other breeds, uh, not today, but all the other breeds and, and whatnot, and nobody comes and talks to me either. So it's not just Modinas that people don't go oh. and talk to them. It's all pigeons. All pigeon breeds are, are the same.
0: What a great state. Because we're, Do you think it's because we're we're preoccupied with what I, we're doing?
2: I think because we're, we're at the show, all the breeds, you know, people exhibiting are enjoying their show and showing the birds. They just don't make time to uh, to uh, talk to people.
0: Real quick, I know I'm i going to move this up just a little bit. All, all right. right. I did not know Mark Kissmore did not have that much hair. He just took his hand off, and I had no idea— he did not have that, that little well,
2: we, we call him cue ball for a reason. He's a
0: handsome guy. Handsome guy. Look. Okay. All right. It's, yeah, there we go. You got a. a the, did you get a hat, Rick? Did you? Uh, not yet. What do they charge you for that hat? $20. That's a bargain, if you ask me. That's
2: a bargain. Everyone should have one.
0: Or think, two. Or two. Yeah, you should have one. Uh, <laughs> two of them. Backwards and forwards. Sherlock Holmes it and walk around and tell. There you go. Yeah, you know, that's a great way to promote the hobby. At least, I mean, again, you know, you see him around and and uh, show a hat off or a coat or whatever. I, I want to go back to that statement you made a minute ago about the show codes because you said you could take the show coat off and walk through other breeds, other
2: breeds, and, and and other other breeders of other breeds also don't come up and, and talk to you or don't engage, don't engage at all,
0: nothing. You could stop, look at a bird, maybe even kind of prod it around, and nothing.
2: I have even acted interested in their breed, and uh, and no one came up and talked to me. So
0: that's fascinating. That,
2: that, that's a mistake, I think. All pigeon breeders are making is not engaging people they've never seen before looking at their birds.
0: Do you think that it's because we are not necessarily afraid, but we're concerned about uh, about maybe having to take the time to go through the basic stuff with them again, or or, or do we, do we see them as just a daunting task? I don't know.
2: Yeah, that could be. I like I said, I think there people are just enjoying the showing their own birds and uh, just. Don't think about
0: it. They're in it. They're in the zone, and
2: exactly they're the last exactly. thing on my
0: mind. And, and uh, you know, they just called for this color, or I've got to go this, exactly. or exactly how did so and so do? Or is Max still in there? You know that kind of a thing. So. Right, right. <laughs> my
2: mentor, Max Josie. I think Max. Yeah, but I think <laughs> Max
0: just kind of automatically uh, uh, stays in there. So okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, they, guess someone just walked by, took a bird, and uh, angled its orifice up as if it was going to uh, crap on you fertilizer yeah That's, uh, do you remember maybe uh, do you remember a gentleman he was out of Texas he was raised uh, white skettis named Doug Keller I do not okay Doug Keller was uh, helping to shag birds one time and they were shagging helmets at an all breed show in fact it was here in Amarillo when I lived here 10 15 years ago Doug since uh, passed but Doug was uh, had problem seeing and so they asked him for the band number, and he took that, that helmet, and he held it up to look at the band number, and right as he did, that bird, for lack of a better words, shit, right into his mouth. Oh. Right right onto his lip, because oh. he was holding it just like that, kind of get that light on it, and it just happened. How, how I don't know, but it was the single greatest pigeon moment in my <laughs> life to see that, God rest his soul. Rick, thank you for stopping right. by. Appreciate you very much, and uh, good luck to you in the uh, in the show today.
2: All right, buddy. Thanks. thanks. Thank good you. Time.
0: All right, that's Rick Peterson. Stop by to say hi. Thank you so much at the uh, all the way from Minnesota here on uh, the Modena Cast, and we're still here at the uh, National Pigeon Association's hundredth anniversary show in Amarillo, Texas in the Modena section. Next up, uh, we'll have Shane Plummer, Jim Johnson, and more right here in the Modena cast. We'll be right back. I've been sleeping. You know that? I've been over here doing nothing. I have nothing to show because a tornado took the damn roof off my loft. And so I'm just sitting here getting tired watching you. Run back and forth.
3: Yeah, my feet are a little sore already. I don't know if I've sat down
0: in two days. I'm with Devin. Devin, what's your last name again? Wilkin. Wilkin. Okay. Um, and you you live in Fort Worth now, right? Yes, sir. But where are you from originally?
3: Uh, born in Missouri, pretty much raised in Kansas.
0: I was going to say, when I met you, I think you were living in Kansas. Yeah. Okay.
3: Uh, suburb of Kansas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. City.
0: Rectangular state up there. And then you... You migrated south. You got your card and moved to Texas. Yep. And, uh, and now you're here. What do you do for a living?
3: I uh, work for uh, Shane Plummer, the president <laughs> of the NMC. Jeez.
0: What, uh, what do you do for Shane Plummer, should we know?
3: Uh, we uh, renovate houses. Uh, okay. We, you're... we flip some, and then we keep some, and we lease them out.
0: By, by trade, you're a carpenter, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, and, in fact, uh, I haven't seen him, but everybody is talking about the pictures of the loft. Oh, yeah. Can I see him? Uh yeah. All right, I got you, you, a video
3: actually I can show you.
0: Okay. Now I know this doesn't help radio, but um everybody's been talking about it and I've been bugging you about looking for a roundabout idea of uh what uh Oh jeez, yeah. Look that looks like uh have you been to uh you've been to Willie Rikers, right? Yeah. That's a very similar setup.
3: Yeah. I've been to a lot of lofts. It's, I love going to people's places and seeing how they're raising their birds, what setup's working for them. And uh, this is the third loft I've had now, so I've had plenty of time to realize what works for me and what doesn't.
0: Okay. All right. How big are those nest boxes? Three by two. And are those, the ones I just saw a second, uh, three by, so three long, two high for your breeders? And two, and two
3: foot deep. And yep. two foot deep. Yep, and there's 12 on each side of that, 12 by 12.
0: That's I, almost identical to, to Willie's. Um, Concrete floor?
3: Yeah. Scraping like, and sweeping. You like that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it keeps me to make sure that my loft stays clean because you have to maintain it constantly. Oh, what
0: a great idea, actually. Forces you not be Yeah, you can't, to you not can't be lazy on the concrete. It's every no. weekend. Yeah, you you got to do it or uh, same thing with the wood. You know, I've got expanded metal, half and half. Expanded metal on one half wood on the other. And I was talking to Shane earlier, and, uh, you know, after this, most people know about the little episode where we lost part of the loft, and I lost my young birds and a couple breeders, and, you know, so I just kind of have them together. They're just they're, they're, they're just all, I'm feeding them right now, yeah. just letting them hang out, just letting everybody chill, and then now I've, I've been analyzing, going, you know what, I need bigger nest boxes, because I use old 16-by-16-inch 16 16 nest boxes that you would use for feeders. And you know what? he made the point, goes, well, that didn't stop you before. You had birds in the parade, you had, you know, and it made sense. I was like, yeah, you know what, it's me and the lack of time. Uh, Don't get me wrong, a three-by-two box would help me a lot better, but.
3: My thought process on the three-by-twos is if you ever are out in your loft and you see a a hen go down and a cock go to jumper, all the other cocks come over and knock Knock each other off, right? Right,
0: right.
3: My thought process: if they have enough room close to where they want to nest, and they're spending a lot of time in that area, they have a better chance of nesting there, where another cock can't get to them in time and knock them off. So your fertility should go up. Was my thought process with the bigger, bigger. And you see that a lot.
0: That's what Scott Hagen we yeah, were talking about. Yeah, they knock each other off all day. Right, and and you and you've seen that at other lofts. The the nest boxes of that same size.
3: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have the bigger nest boxes.
0: Do you have a front that goes on them so you can pair them up and then take it off? Or? Uh,
3: if, in the video, if you watch it towards the end, there's a back section that has individuals, so when I pair up.
0: Oh, you pair them in there first and yep. then move them over. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Okay, so we're, uh, everybody knows we're at the National in Amarillo, and uh, you're, what, what categories have you been in? What classes have you been showing in so far?
3: I didn't show at the show. I just you didn't show? Nope. Mm-hmm. I entered birds, but I ended up not bringing them last second.
0: You got a little scared. I got scared. Yeah.
3: Oh no! I wish I could have showed. I would love showing, but uh, I just with me just now getting up and running and being happy with my birds. I already had the young bird sickness this year, which that's was, what I was getting at. Yeah, which was a huge hit yep. for me. Me well, too. Not even I guess a huge hit. I lost like seven birds out of seventy something youngsters, so that wasn't too bad. No. But if when it comes to my good birds, I have twenty good ones and twenty okay ones. If I have something right. that. Some of these other guys have had, like, Joe or Victor, where it comes and through and wipes through your whole bird. I don't know if I'd have the stomach to get get back on. It
0: was – we went th- Shane and I went through it three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we went through the exact same thing. We both lost – you know, I don't know – I forgot how many he lost, but I know I lost, like, 40 or so birds coming home from Louisville, and it just broke – it was demoralizing. And then started right back up again, and then uh, had the issue with the loft, and now it's like – I was just telling Shane a minute ago, it's just uh, it's now I'm gonna have to do it again. You know, so that's why, you know, the old adage of what starts up wrong ends up wrong. I I wanna start it off correct. That's why I keep asking about maybe I should rebuild loft. There's probably nothing wrong with my loft. But it's just the idea of I wanna burn it down and do it again. Yeah.
3: And, And and then too, I think with lofts is you're never ever happy. No. Either you need bigger, or you wish you would have done something different. Better, yeah. It's 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 the ongoing pigeon fancier problem.
0: If I had if if I had a, a feed room, a pen room that had air conditioning in it, you know, I, uh, and, and a and a glass window into where I could see into the lofts, I probably would just stay yeah. there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I spend a couple hours every evening when I get home from work and get settled in that I, out there in the loft just. See, that's just, what... Just looking at birds.
0: That, I think that's what it is Ray D., uh, who's a big fantail fancier, in fact, he won the national two years ago in Amarillo here with a, an American fantail. He lives about 20 minutes from me, and he just built a new loft for the first time in, you know, like 20 years or whatever it was, and I went out there to go look at this loft. And fantails are a lot like Modena's. They don't fly a lot, and so there's a lot of, you know, booting them out of the way and trying to walk around, and he has a room... That you first walk into it's a feed room and a pen room, show pens, and then there's windows, big glass windows that go in uh, that all the way around. He can sit almost like a command center and look into each loft, and uh, it's air conditioned and heated. And I thought that that is what I eventually need. Yeah. And that would that would make life a lot easier. I don't know if it'd make it better because you made a point. I don't mean to keep rambling on, but let's go back to that. I have The concrete floors it forces you.
3: Yeah, my my loft's always pretty clean at all yeah. times because every weekend it gets gets handled.
0: Yeah, you're out there, you're scraping and and then, and, and I know you've got a a, a lady friend. I believe is the term. Uh, the kid. How how old's the boy? Liam's five. Five. Is he very involved with the out in the loft? Yeah, he loves it. He loves to help me feed.
3: Yeah. He always if I'm moving birds around, he wants to carry him to the other pen. Yeah, he loves it.
0: And you never worry about him holding a Medina because if it gets loose, it's like a it's like catching a three-legged dog. It's yeah, pretty simple.
3: and my loft is it's all contained. You yeah, know, nothing can get out. Even if it gets out of right, the bin, right. it's still in the closed-in loft. Right. So.
0: It's fun to have the they have the kids in there, and they're, uh, you know, they're they're helpful too. I mean, you know, my son feeds while I'm gone, and, and uh, they're nice. they they're nice to have around. So
3: yeah, I'm excited for when he's able to help scrape. <laughs> oh,
0: that's the joy. That's the. There's nothing better than peeking out the living room window and then seeing a a hoe go across the floor a couple times, and it's not you. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Now, uh, what, uh, what colors are you breeding from, and how many breeding pairs do you have this year going in the season?
3: Um, I primarily breed blacks and bronze, both in Sketti and Gazzy. Um, this year, I'll probably end up between 20 and 30 pairs. Scott wow. Brown's actually coming to my house on Sunday, and he's going to help me go through all my birds, decide what I should and shouldn't use, and then we're going to work on some pairings, too. So, him coming by should be a huge help. No kidding. Yeah.
0: That's uh, this coming Sunday? Yep. Oh, yeah, wow. he's
3: getting in. He's actually getting here into the show tonight late. Uh, we're gonna finish up the show here, and then yeah. after the show, we're gonna head back to Fort Worth.
0: Oh, that's terrific. Well, good for you. That uh, Scott's a. That's a guy I'd want to go through through my loft. That's for sure. That's uh, that'll be very helpful. All right, very good. Well, looks like uh, moving on to the next color class. But you're not showing, though. No. Are you shagging? Shagging? What do you mean by that? That means moving birds back and forth.
3: (laughs) I'm helping out here and there, but right now I'm window shopping
0: for the most part. Did you remember two years ago when the Australians were here? Oh, yeah. And we kept calling it shagging, and they were like, (laughs) you know, they thought we meant something filthy by it. And uh, that means moving birds from, from Chopin to the... Uh, to the holding fest, they they didn't care for that.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of glad the Aussies aren't here this year. It was uh, a lot easier getting up this morning compared to last time we were here.
0: Those boys like to put it. You guys like to go out. Now that's another thing too. We've been talking with a lot of fanciers today. We have a Modena people kind of, you, you, you kind of get the little clicks and they kind of do their things. And and uh, uh, Devin, even though you're 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 new to the hobby, I'm assuming you're you're now the party guy. Is that? Is that has that been officially giving you that title? you well,
3: the. I think it was Carol Berger actually last night that kept me out of my room until two two in the morning. Yeah, so. I, I overheard
0: portions <laughs> of that. I wouldn't. I didn't get in until this afternoon, so I don't know. But it sounds to me like uh, she got these guys snockered is what it, what yeah, it sounds like. Every time
3: like. we turned around, she was like, "One more, guys! One more!" Just one more, yeah.
0: and she right. was. She was on California time. Is the problem? It's, it's easy for her. She she just kind of thinks that. Uh, Got all the time. So, uh, you guys went out, you had a few drinks. Would you guys go to the uh, hotel bar? What'd you do? Uh,
3: We uh, had uh, some complimentary drinks here at the hotel bar. Oh, yeah. And then we went to uh, a Mexican restaurant. I can't remember what it was called. I think they may have told you which one. Abuelos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the one we went to. It was a good time. Had some margaritas, and then, yep, we had some nightcaps. Some more margaritas, and then,
0: uh, <laughs> all right. All right, well, I'm staying at the uh, – are, are, you're not going to the – are you going to the MPA uh, banquet? No.
3: I no. Am. I think we're talking about going to the Big Texan tonight, <sighs> and we're trying to get Adam to have redemption on that 72-ounce steak. Okay, I'll,
0: do, I'll go with you guys to the Big Texan. I lived here for 16 years. Yeah. So no no, no desire to go to the Big Texan. I've been there a number of times. I'll go, but first of all, I'm not eating it. And have you seen <laughs> – that the, the record belongs to a girl.
3: Oh yeah, I think she ate two of them.
0: Yeah, I, 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 she can't have a stomach or a colon, or she must have just like and she lived uh, somehow, some way. But yeah.
3: Well, I think Adam actually got charged more to his hotel room after last year because they had to pull that steer out of the toilet. <laughs> I don't know if that's
0: what, <laughs> I'm sure. There's some other reasons, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's a mess. I I, I can't wait to uh, you know what? All right, I'm going with you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm staying at the uh, at the Embassy suite, so I'll just. I'll hop in with one of you all.
3: Uh, come pick us up in limos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. They yeah, can do yeah. that, yeah. So we don't even have to Uber.
0: Yeah, but those 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 limos are dirty old <laughs> funeral service limos that are out of commission. That, yeah, so uh,
3: somebody has to bring the Purell.
0: And, oh, because you know there's been all kinds of terrible things that have happened <laughs> in it uh, from people who've gone to the Big Texan and the people who've left the Big Texan. There's probably been vomit in it. And, you
3: ever walked into a bathroom that has carpet on the floor that was built, <laughs> built in the 20s? <laughs> yeah, same thing.
0: No need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I wouldn't sniff, touch, or, uh, or in fact, I would probably suspend myself in the seats with my hands alone uh, to make sure I didn't touch anything there. That's, what is, Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee is the, no, is it, yeah. Yeah, Bobby Lee is the one that owns the the uh, Big Tech Center. I'm not familiar with that. Yet. Yeah, Bobby Lee, uh, it belonged to his father. His father died. Uh, and then uh, willed it to him, and it started off like, like some bonkers that came from a military base. Well,
3: what's the old movie that the the, the vacation where they go camping, In the grizzly bear? You know what movie I'm talking about?
0: Uh, and he eats the big steak oh that it's that, that, <laughs> great outdoors yeah the great uh,
3: outdoors it's like the same set up. yeah a, that's what I picture when I see people trying to eat that steak
0: they call that in the, the, the big the great outdoors is the old 98, 98 ouncer yeah. The old 98 yeah yeah that's, that's it. it's the exact same thing what a what a mess that yeah all right so that's it folks we're gonna go see Adam tonight uh see if this kid loses his colon let's see if he <laughs> does something bad we'll get a couple drinks in him I imagine it's even now first of all I saw me a cookie and I saw him eat a sub sandwich.
3: Well, last last uh, time we were here for the National, when we got back to the hotel, he was eating cheese cubes immediately after. Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this kid, there's something wrong with this guy. Uh, it's, a, it's impressive. It, it, it's, it's impressive, disgusting, <laughs> frightening. All in, wrapped up in, into one. So, all right. Devin, thank you for stopping by. has been our guest. We are, uh, we'll be back with the National Amarillo, Texas. Uh, we'll, we'll be right back.